This episode of the Let's Talk Data podcast, Create Data-Based Process Excellence, features John Santik, Director, Solution Management, Middleware at SAP, and Keith Grayson, Senior Director of Solution Management and Information Management at Middleware at SAP, hosted by SAP's Ginger Gatling, recorded live on May 3rd, 2018. Welcome to our Let's Talk Data podcast series. This series is brought to you by SAP experts discussing current topics around data and data management. My name is Ginger, and I'll be your host for this series. Today's topic is why you want data-based, data-based process excellence. Today, we are fortunate to be joined by two experts in all things process, middleware, all things technology-oriented. I couldn't be more excited to have with us John Santic and Keith Grayson. So John and Keith, thank you for being here today. I'm so thrilled you could make it. Thank you, Ginger. It's uh, really good to be here. Yep. Thank you, Ginger. Appreciate the introduction. So Keith, I want to start with you because when we, this process excellence, you know, you why you want to create data-based process excellence, it sounds so high level. So could you just tell us what are we talking about here? What is process excellence? Well, I think it's good that you talk about a high-level strategy because this is all about business strategy and, and the mapping of business processes to that strategy. And anything with excellence is going to be a continually moving target. When we talk about process excellence, this is going to be a continuous process of measuring performance, feedback on how things could be better, and redesign through increasing levels of maturity. And typically, a maturity model is going to run from ad hoc type arrangements to real optimized processes. And we're measuring this against the overall business goals. So we did some work with the analyst IDC to define the maturity through a lens of digital transformation. And in this, we termed players in the most mature state of digital transformation digital disruptors. And for them, the enterprise is aggressively disruptive in the use of new digital technologies and business models to affect markets. Ecosystem awareness and feedback is a constant input to business innovation. And that's really what defines process excellence now. It's about using the right technologies and determining how you can be disruptive in terms of dis- biz- business models in your market. So to get to your aspirational state, the effectiveness of ecosystem awareness and feedback needs to be built into those key business processes. And it needs to be supported by the organization and, and use of smart tools to deliver and act on, on data-driven insights. So if you look at a digital disruptor, Amazon is going to be a great example because as a company, we know that they continually disrupt industries from retail to logistics to computing infrastructure with Amazon Web Services to consumer technology and all of their businesses and decisions are based on data. So, just John, do you have any views on this? Yeah, so I'd like to piggyback a little bit on what you said because, um, it, you know, at the end, uh, process excellence is is really about like a, 
uh, a new and entire it's an entirely new way of thinking. It's process thinking, right? And uh, it's about applying that mental model of how a process should be run onto the organization. And that mental model should lead to behavior that's in line with the su- successful outcome of a business process, right? And so in, in a way, it's moving from working in um, hierarchical and disconnected silos to getting the organization, I think, to work more across and through silos for the successful operation of the business. And, you know, that's, I think, what I would add. Um, you know, if you ask me, hey, what what would you say about, you know, what Keith said with process excellence, I would kind of reinforce that whole process thinking idea um, just to complement a little bit about what you said. Yeah, and the important thing is that it's got to be based on data and, and data-led insights. Yeah. That's that's the real transformation of this because if Absolutely. you don't have and an understand the data that's going to support your transformation, it's really there's a high probability that, if you're going to change your business model, you maybe won't make a profit and go out of business because you don't have the capability of measuring it. You don't have the capability of objectively improving your performance. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a really good thing that you said there, Keith, because over the last few years, too, as we know, the, um, the advancement of uh, – smarter technology and, um, you know, translatical databases uh, has really created a whole new set of opportunities for that discipline of process, process excellence by using that data that you say is so important. Yeah, and, and the thing is, though, that, that some people, when, when we go and talk to customers about this, there's, there's always some people in the organization that are, are going to look at this, and they're going to think actually as, as measuring performance as a threat because the, their performance is being viewed under a microscope. And and so you, and a, a really important part of both these technological changes that you're adopting, as, as well as these data-driven approaches, just means that you need to take the organization along with you as well and uh, and make sure that the, the organization supports and, and leads the technical change. So I have a question for you guys. Um, I was on a all hands this morning, and they were—they weren't talking about SAP. They were actually talking about another uh, one of our customers, a large one. And Keith, earlier you mentioned Amazon, and the CEO of this company said that you should always act as if Amazon was going to get into your business. So he gave an example the CEO did of Amazon decided to get into, I guess, uh, dating match dating services, and so I guess Match.com's stock immediately went down by by 40%. So John, when we're talking about process excellence, I mean, would a company invest in this just to ward off the, the disruptors or to be the disruptor or for compliance reasons? Or what are the some big reasons why companies would start to invest in this, John? Well, I, I think you, uh, you know, your reasons are spot on, the ones that you just gave. It's it's those and then some. I mean, uh, you know, companies need to be a lot more agile today and they need to adapt to these um, uh, disruptive, the, to the disruptive environment, both economically, competitively and technologically, that that is kind of coming at them from the outside in. Right. And it's, you know, companies need to be in a, in a very agile posture to um, to recognize. Right. Um potential uh, disruptions, and then to be able to adapt, right? And really adapting in any environment, in in any kind of area of life, if you think of it even like, uh, you know, moving your house to, moving to a new house, 
you have to adapt to how you live in that new house and uh, you'll be more productive the more quickly you do it, right? And so businesses have to do the same thing. And so, so the other reasons of why a company should invest in process excellence, um, you know, I, I'd say that if a company isn't striving toward process excellence, then they're really, you know, running ad hoc, uh, an ad hoc business, right? And that may work for like a small startup company, but I would say that, um, you know, the old adage rings pretty true here. Like you can't, you can only improve what what you can measure, right? And so companies that aren't on this kind of path are really limiting limiting their organization's ability to, you know, delight their customers. I think that's what, you know, Amazon takes pride in is delighting their customers and wowing them, right? And so it's quite risky if you think about it, given the pace of, uh, you know, the economic and technical change that I mentioned that's impacting everything. Um, and it inevitably, inevitably leads to much higher costs for companies, right, if they, uh, if they don't adapt. And uh, also, they're going to be ill-equipped to compete or react to risks in their business. And so the combination of, of weak, weaker customer experiences as a result of inefficient processes and higher process costs means lower margins at the end of the day as you uh, continually cede territory to your competitors. And so um, it isn't really until a company gets to the state of like a digital transformer on the IDC maturity model that Keith mentioned, um, that they can actually be a leader in their markets with the world-class combination of digital products, services, and experience. And so, uh, you know, process excellence is very much an attitude um, or that new way of thinking that I mentioned and not essentially just a business decision. It requires uh, a quest for truth about business performance and the ability to visualize data and make those difficult decisions to improve. So Keith, did you uh, did you want to maybe uh, add some color around that? Yeah, just some interesting thoughts about what Ginger's point uh, in terms of with process excellence, do we want organisations to actually be the digital disruptors? Um, are, are they looking to to respond to the digital disruptors? And it's important that companies are realistic about what they can do when when they're looking at these sorts of initiatives. So that's why we actually worked with IDC on this maturity model, um, because companies actually need to use these maturity models to do some self-assessment about where they are right now, about where they want to be, and about the action plan to get there. And so obviously, just a a minority of organizations are going to be digital disruptors right now. And the question people then have is, do they actually really even want to be a digital disruptor? Mm -hmm. But a world-class organization has to at least aim for a maturity level where they've got these processes in place, where they're using data to drive decisions, and, and maybe be a, a digital transformer. That, that's what would define a world-class type of organization at the moment. So in terms of looking at how they get there and, and how they start justifying investments based on these maturity levels to their board, for example, you know, there's some interesting numbers in terms of quantification. Um, some numbers that we've come across, Fortune 200 companies losing $230 billion a year as a result of inefficient prices. That's a lot. Um, that's just for 200 companies. 
So most companies are losing at least a billion dollars a year because of inefficient prices. That's a good reason to set up a, a, a process center of excellence or a process office. Um, I, what you pointed out, actually, there's a second uh, interesting statistic, which should be really obvious, actually, from that quote about Amazon disrupting the market, where 80% of B2C and 60% of B2B companies will have created omni experiences for their customers, partners, employees. I mean, that's according to Analyst IDC, but it just makes sense in terms of, of what we see as, as retail organizations have to go online. Um, so it's also quite revealing to, to work out why organizations resist data-driven process initiatives, because we get this feedback too. Um, often they say, well, we already know what we need to focus on as a business. You know, we're trying to reduce the number of initiatives, not increase the, the areas that we need to focus on. Uh, but without the sort of data-driven insights going back to, to basing these decisions and priorities on data, do you even know that you're prioritizing the right initiatives? And then how do you actually measure the outcomes of any changes that you make so that today's fixes don't become tomorrow's mistakes? And those are the sorts of arguments, really, that, that we need to, to counter so that we get to real transparency in the business. And, and that's what drives business excellence. So, Keith, on that, could, you dig, could we dig a little deeper into that? Because I think you're making some really interesting points about resistance and not everyone can be a disruptor and would you even want to be. And then how do you even go up? about it. So how, how do we recommend, how do, how do companies even traditionally approach or start it? Because it seems overwhelming uh, just listening to it. So what's our, what do we recommend there? Yeah, well, this has been one of the last areas to move to, to a data-driven uh, way of doing things um, for, away from a gut feel set of decisions. Um, you know, traditionally, it's been a very pre-digital process. So you have leading companies. These are world global brands. They typically have created a business process center of excellence, maybe at a process office. Uh, they may have a set of coordinated centralized business analysts. And typically, um, they would also work with management consulting advisors and do many rounds of interviews and workshops with business process stakeholders, mostly employees. Uh, one of the companies that we were working with typically would take a couple of months to analyze a, a business process in a particular location. And, and they'd take customer and other feedback into consideration, but mostly as reported by, by their people, by their employees. Hmm. And for certain Critical processes, they might do some sort of job shadowing as an approach um, where they're really looking at, at specific efficiencies. But the, the challenge around this is that you often don't really get true insight or, or unexpected outcomes because you're really looking and going into this to validate previous assumptions. And also, nobody ever admits to malpractice. 
um, because it would require the interviewees to be brutally honest and potentially to incriminate themselves. And we know from data-driven analysis that there's, there's many ways to, to circumvent the, the organized way of doing things, maybe buying stationery or, or buying pieces of equipment. Um, you know, the, the, there's, there's frequent anecdotal evidence to support that that happens, and once you have the data, it exposes it very quickly. Um, so the, the tools that have been available in the past, they're only just good enough to produce some, some historic reports that may actually take hours to, to process. And because they're taking hours to process, you're not really querying the data. You're just validating or, or using it to disprove assumptions. So what you actually need is, is something that you can query in real time and, and provide a real clear graphic visualization so that you can analyze the data effectively and, and really get new information and new insights. Um, and that's something that, that we're doing with our process mining offers and, and, uh, and it's a key part of a process excellence initiative. And John, why don't you have a, a say in what experience you have in this? Well, you know, I think I, I'd like to summarize what, what you just said, and it completely reminded me of a cartoon image that I saw um, a while back, and I think it was called uh, the Front Porch Forecasters or, or something like that. And so, so you know, if you can picture this in your mind for a minute, right? So, so picture an old porch with three very old men sitting on rocking chairs, and they're each suffering from different, you know, arthritic joints. One's got a sore knee, one's got a sore elbow, the other one's head swelling, What's funny about it is that they're each giving a slightly different weather forecast as they're watching the sky based on how they individually and, and subjectively feel. And I think that really sums up and underscores what you just described is a very traditional and often inaccurate or uh, a muddy way of approaching a process excellence initiative. It's very subjective. It, uh, you know, you're trying to get the real truth out of what's happening from uh, from a very kind of limited perspective based on individual uh, uh, conditions, right? Uh, and yep. so I think what companies have realized over, over the past, because if you think about even in the 90s, there was this concept of, uh, you know, business process orientation where um, it was this, uh, this big, big target. And it's a re relevant target. And it's important for customers to still consider that. But I think a lot of companies fail to realize that just because at that time the tools for accurate data-based insights contextually driven in real time uh, that are going to provide that accurate forecast of how things really are and what actually did happen, those tools weren't really available yet. But today they are, right? And so that's kind of what's interesting about, um, you know, about process excellence, um, you know, with, with SAP in particular and how we approach it. So, John, I love your analogy of the three old men on the porch. I think we've all had um, times in our life. I mean, my family's from Arkansas. You can go anywhere in Arkansas or even in Texas where I live now and see people on a front porch, generally men, solving the world's problems through their own perspective. So, I mean, we're talking about gut feel versus data-driven feel. So Exactly. So, John, what do we, what does SAP offer for this? What are we, what are we doing in this space? Because it sounds like it, it's a big problem to solve. 
Right. Yeah. And, you know, it, 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 it is in one way, but it's getting, it's getting better. And, um, you know, w- with SAP, the first thing we need to remember is that everything SAP does is about process. Okay. So SAP has in-depth templates of key business processes for 25 industries that stem from, you know, a 40 plus year of application expertise. Right. And so what we can do is then combine that expertise um, and that content with market-leading uh, process mining capabilities and a set of best-in-class tools for enterprise architecture, architecture and business process management. And so we bring all this together with a common BPMN standard for information exchange, not um, the varying often proprietary formats used by uh, many competitors out there. So we leverage also the power of SAP's HANA data management suite to provide the analysis of the performance of all processes. So SAP HANA is essentially the engine that allows us to take transactional data, massive amounts of transactional data, and then transform that into visualized contextual pictures of what's actually happening in a business process, Hmm. therefore giving the best insights to the performance of that process. Um, So both historic views of it, um, of that business process performance, and also real-time operational views of a current process instance within its actual cycle. And so so when we approach it, we we look at it from, um, hey, process excellence is kind of like a platform, right? And a platform typically doesn't just solve one problem for one type of person. It, it actually meets the needs of many different types of personas in an organization, right? And so, so with SAP's process excellence, we, we have the right capabilities for the data scientist, for the process owner, for, uh, you know, the business analyst, for the IT enterprise architect, for also, you know, Jeff in finance or Mary in operations that are trying to just clear payments and do their day-to-day jobs, right? And so to double-click on that just a little bit, um, you know, we have SAP Process Mining by Salonis, and we can deliver insights very quickly through uh, a POC on exactly what happened in a customer's process. And, and this is something that none of our competitors can do. And so then we can show additional insights into real-time process instances using our flagship integration bundle, bundle that we actually call that intelligent business operations, and that uh, essentially provides all the capabilities to take the analysis that process mining uh, provides in terms of what exactly happened, and then now it allows the company to uh, deploy those projects and fix those processes both at a technical and at a uh, organizational level with the right tools for the right person. Um, and so our approach really allows for fine-grained, in-depth analysis of past process performance, and it helps automate tasks and process steps, and it delivers real-time views of exceptions to be managed in real-time that really, if you think about it, wasn't available before. Keith, did you uh, have any thoughts on that and want to add to that perspective? Yeah, so when we look at the SAP solutions in this area, we, we use a healthcare analogy, and we compare process mining to an MRI scanner or an X-ray machine in this analogy. So this gives you a snapshot of process performances, and you can then do some diagnostic analysis to see what built up to it over real time. Over time, um, you can also see if there are blockages that can impact performance and, and work out 
some corrective courses of action. Uh, for example, putting a stent into blood vessels to, uh, to, to open them up and improve the, the, the process flow, if you like. Um, then after that, we, we can compare our intelligent business operations bundle to, to a fitness tracker because you can identify what is wrong, but then you need something and, and maybe some intervention to actually make it right. Um, so if you actually look at uh, the intelligent business operations bundle, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's a fitness tracker where you can look in real time at the business process heart rate, and other indicators, and then we can see what we need to do in the short term to improve performance. You know, if we want to pace ourselves, do we need to slow down a bit? Should we be doing slightly different exercises? Should we be doing another activity? Are we performing optimally right now? And we can measure it and get instant feedback about whether what we're doing is the right thing. And uh, Keith, I'm interested in, um, in kind of things our customers might be doing with it. I was um, I was reading an article in Computer Weekly. I think it was last week or week before, and it was about Siemens, who's mm -hmm. using our process excellence. And they said that they actually took data from lots of different systems. They said it's grown like they put it in Hana, like over 30 terabytes. I think they said from 60 ERP systems, and and they basically started to see these inefficiencies and how it pays suppliers and organizes logistics and runs its order to cash processes. And this article says that they got savings of up to 10 millions of euros. Is that the kind yeah. of thing we're seeing with customers or what are we seeing with customers in this? I thought that was pretty amazing, that Computer Weekly article. Yeah, I think it, it is and it, it points out a lot of things. So looking at um, that specific example, a lot of the benefits were around supply chain. And supply chains have lots of different moving parts. Um, so if you look at just improving the delivery of an item by maybe a few hours, uh, if you look at being able to reconcile purchase orders against the goods you've received, that delivers huge benefits. Uh, but really the benefits are dependent on the business process that you're measuring. So when we've looked at the different customer outcomes, we've seen radical improvements in customer experiences because issues are being dealt with faster. We see significant reduction in execution times for key business processes. In retail, where you've got perishable goods um, that you can't necessarily resell or, or move on or need to be sold or returned within a specific time period, that's hugely important. Um, we've also had customers who've seen dramatic decreases in things like duplicate billing that consume a lot of time and efforts all through the supply chain because whenever you've got exceptions, uh, whenever you've got things that shouldn't necessarily be happening, that just adds huge overheads. And you companies always have issues with, with things like duplicate billing. Um, we've worked with our, our billing solutions in SAP to provide increases in, in payment collections um, and making sure that payments are delivered on time. We see huge reductions in procurement costs as we 
drive efficiencies through the supply chain with, with data-driven insights. Um, we've had customers use our solutions to deliver better management of cash flow and, and working capital. So these are all critical KPIs to the business, and they're not IT KPIs at all. They're actual critical business KPIs. Um, and then when we look at, at other reasons that customers are, are deploying our process excellence solutions, uh, customers like Nesta, a, a Finnish oil and gas company, they're using it to document and prepare their business processes um, that they have with their legacy ERP applications to SAP S4HANA as they transform their business to a real-time business. And that's another case which is really specifically valuable to SAP customers because many organizations are starting to from a point where they haven't even documented their existing business processes, so they don't even know how they how they work they're just dependent on the people who who run them hmm. um, so so for the large global businesses actually just the ability to benchmark their businesses and and document their processes and compare them against each other so that they can work out some unified levels of governance and and then exchange best practice between their different operating companies or divisions that's just something that they've never managed to do with the with the previous ways to analyze process performance before. So in in those situations, actually the, the benefits are, are less concrete, but they do end up having a real major impact on, on bottom line results. And John, yeah. I think that you've got a story, you've got some stories around this. Yeah, yeah, talk about a major impact on bottom line results. If, you know, if I could, I'd like to share a story about, uh, I like to call it the police car KPI. And so uh, one of our customers, uh, they're called Achea. They're an Italian utility company. Um, a couple of years back, at their customer, uh, all their customer-facing processes were were very broken. And so they took way too long to connect services, read meters, respond to uh, complaints, and to solve uh, ultimately solve issues. And so it got to a point where a police car was often present at their customer service office to keep the peace between angry customers and agents. Hmm. And so, so uh, you know, we're talking a lot about uh, insights and analytics and metrics and, uh, you know, KPIs to, to make sure things are, are running accurately and, and as planned, right? And so this police car was a very unintended or unlikely KPI and really represented um, how broken processes can actually create very volatile and bad customer experiences. And so if you consider the importance of people needing water and electricity, <laughs> this was really not a good situation. And so uh, Achea used uh, SAP Process Mining by Slonis and our Intelligent Business Operations Bundle uh, technology together, um, and they were able to ultimately drastically improve the lead times and the service levels that were causing these um, bad customer experiences. Um, and at the end of the day, um, you know, they, they measured their success by simply not seeing the police car present anymore, right? And so they were really able to, to radically transform their customer-facing processes, and it was it was several of them, you know, meter to cash and uh, incidents management and um, customer service-related processes that uh, that they radically transformed and, and were able to significantly um, 
you know, improve metrics in each of those different areas that ultimately led to no more police cars. So it's an interesting story about how broken processes can really, really damage a business if they're not, you know, looked after and, and paid attention to appropriately. Yeah. So, so John, if I don't have a police car sitting in front of my broken customer process, do I start with customers? Do I start with like invoices and procurement like Keith talked with? Do we have a map? Do we say the typical consulting answer? It depends. Or where do we really recommend customers start? Well, that, that's a good question. And I think uh, it does depend to a degree on uh, where the customer, you know, and, you know, because customers do have, you know, what I call tribal knowledge or intrinsic mm-hmm. knowledge about where things are really broken. They just might not have like the, the accurate data to kind of validate that yet um, and to and to pinpoint it uh, and discover the root causes as they should. But, uh, you know, the, the first you know, simply put, or generally speaking, the first uh, processes that we developed integrations, uh, you know, for were around the primary ones, right? Order to cash, procure to pay, and customer service related processes. And so they're universal to all businesses, right? And they're typically very cross-industry, um, well, definitely very cross-industry, right? And uh, so the costs, delays, uh, and non-conformances of these types of processes are relatively easy to identify and are very quantifiable, right? Through uh, through a discipline of process mining, right? and uh, you know they're also core ERP system processes, right? And so the data on these processes typically come from SAP. Um, although our process excellence portfolio also can reach and touch a completely heterogeneous environment uh, with other vendor applications that are also frequently involved. But I would say, you know, simply to answer the question, we can start with the common ones, the big ones, order to cash, how you buy something, how you sell something, and how you interact with customers is a really good place to start. Good. Keith, do you have anything and, to add to that? Yeah, just following on from that, uh, the John mentioned the initial prices. Uh, the thing is, when you're making an investment plan um, and when you're reporting to uh, higher level management, you need to deliver fast ROI. And so the, these initial prices like order to cash, procure to pay, they've got clear financial benefits. Um, and that you can measure. And we've got these predefined integrations, and, and so that's the way to, to deliver fast results that, that justify the, the initial investment. Um, but then companies rightly want to go on to analyze the performance of machinery and factories and the, the sorts of systems that, that produce the, the goods and that are a critical part of the supply chain that we talked about earlier. And, and as I said before, analyzing the supply chain and, and having efficiencies in the supply chain is really where you're going to get uh, a lot of the, the improvements in terms of business. So. Uh, Integrations or processes might involve other applications like SCADA systems. They might involve sensors in an IoT environment. So you're, you're looking at really managing the change of your, your business processes and, and making sure it's optimized. Um, and those sorts of intelligent devices that are driving digital transformation and business model changes, they're generating a lot of data that you can, you can analyze. So an example of this is smart meters. And then you can look at the prices and look at the data that you're getting and, and you start querying that to see, well, okay, how, how can I change my business? 
And in the case of utilities with smart meters, maybe you start using that to implement demand-based pricing for utilities based on time of day. But you do that at the consumer level, and, and you get people involved in, in decisions about when they do certain things like um, doing their washing, for example, doing, doing the heating and stuff like that, so that you use that to then even out um, demand over the course of a day. I mean, those are the sorts of, of things where when you have this data-driven results, you can really um, think of new creative ways to, to manage your business. Okay. So start with, you know, where money comes in, where money goes out, kind of how I face the customer, and then the supply chain. So I think you yeah, absolutely. that well. Yeah. So this whole series has been around Let's Talk Data, and HANA's kind of been weaved into everything. And I mentioned earlier that in that Computer Weekly example that Siemens put all their data in a HANA data lake and did the mining on top. So, Keith, do I have to have HANA before I start this? Is that a prerequisite, or, or what's going on there? What do I need? Well, you don't have to have it before you start it, but, okay. but HANA is, is, is used as the underlying database and data processing engine. And it's the difference. It provides capabilities that, that make this, uh, this process analysis, this data-driven process analysis possible in real time. Um, and, and deliver what we call a real-time process analysis platform. And HANA makes it possible to do that at scale for even the largest organizations like, like Siemens. And, and Siemens is a huge organization, as, as you've outlined, with, with all of these different systems contributing to the, to the data lake. Um, and so f for those organizations that are leveraging and, and running SAP on HANA right now, a big advantage is that you don't have to replicate the data to another data platform. Mm. And that's a huge advantage, but it's not, it's not a prerequisite. The, the, we, you can use a, just a, a standalone HANA instance, import all the data that you need from the different systems, and then do the analysis on HANA okay. um, and, and deploy it in a completely self-contained way. All right, that's good. All right, John, so to kind of bring us uh, to a conclusion here, I have two questions for you. How, you know, is this something that's going to, y'all mentioned POCs earlier. Is it going to take weeks, months, or years to do this? And then if, uh, if I'm listening and I, and I want to get started, where would I go more to learn, uh, more, learn more information about this? Sure. So, um, for, so for, right, so it doesn't take long to get started, right? And so for a, for a POC or, or a pilot, uh, you can get meaningful results in, in a few weeks, right? So for production, you'll want to set up a robust transfer of process event data from SAP into the target HANA environment, and sometimes that SAP might already be on HANA, so you gain some efficiencies there through maybe using multi-tenancy capabilities. Um, and you want to set that up within um, HANA for for analysis of processes, both historical and then uh, in real time, right? And and that'll take a few weeks typically. Then you want to set up uh, the Solonis software and configure the screens. And overall, first process could realistically be up and running uh, within six to eight weeks. Mm. That's great. And so, uh, yeah, and so to, to answer your question, um, we've got uh, a whole host of um, 
assets available on sap.com around our application integration uh, space on that uh, on the site there. So if you just click on products and you go to uh, application integration, you should find um, a whole host of uh, customer stories and uh, product literature that talk about process excellence comprehensively as a discipline and the technologies that really hold it up together. All right. Well, this has been great. I want to thank you guys both uh, so much for joining and thank you for your time. Did we cover, did we forget anything or did we cover everything? Um, and we'll go to, if you want more, go to sap.com products. And then I see it right there, application integration and infrastructure. That's where you were just talking about. Right, That's right. John? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. John or Keith, anything else before we close it up? I really appreciate you guys being here today. Is everyone? I just like to say thank you, Ginger, for hosting and for the opportunity to have this, uh, you know, wonderful and what we think is a really exciting and important conversation with respects to how companies need to deal with and transition to realize their digital future. So thank you very much for this opportunity, and it was a very much a pleasure to be here today. It was great. Yep. To have likewise, Ginger. Well, and uh, and I hope that this is uh, that the audience that we have takes this on looks up more about process excellence, looks at where their organization can really benefit from these things. Yeah, you've given us some great tips. Thank you so much, guys, and hopefully we'll see you another time. Take care. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye for now.